This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Obesity is a growing problem among school-age kids, but a new program for high schoolers helps students lose weight and keep it off. We mainly focused on the school cafeteria, but we also had a social marketing campaign led by students at the school, and they'd get the word out to their fellow students about healthy eating and physical activity. Then, more women these days have degrees in engineering, which can pay well. But many later decide to change careers. We'll bring you the story. In four years, one has a professional degree, often licensed, high-paying, and almost always employed. Those two interviews and more are coming your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stick around. The show begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Obesity among Americans has become a serious health issue. Now, a study of obesity reduction involving middle school students shows some promising results. Here to share some details is Laura M. Bogart, co-principal investigator of the study and a senior behavioral scientist at RAND, a nonprofit research organization. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you. I like the name of your program, Students for Nutrition and Exercise, which abbreviates to the name SNACS, S-N-A-X. Tell us about the various components of the SNACS program. Well, SNACS was a five-week obesity prevention program for middle school students, and we did it in collaboration with the Los Angeles Unified School District. In this intervention, we did changes to the school cafeteria. For example, we offered chilled tap water with lunch. We actually served cut-up or bite-sized fruits and vegetables, like sliced apples and baby carrots. And we improved the signage in the cafeteria so the kids could actually see what they were eating and the nutritional information. And then we also had a social marketing campaign led by peer leaders, by students at the school. And they'd get the word out to their fellow students about healthy eating and physical activity. Now, you also did some exercise program involved with this too, right? Yeah, we mainly focused on the school cafeteria, but we also had messaging around what are good exercises they could do at home, what are exercises they could bring home to their parents and do at home, what are things that they could do around the schoolyard. For example, we gave out pedometers, and the students had fun with the pedometers and looking at how many steps they walked every day. So what were the results of the program with the students who participated? Well, we found both immediate results right after the five weeks, And then we actually had results up to two years later. So immediately we found that students were more likely to take fruit in the cafeteria. They ate more fruit. They also were more likely to eat in the cafeteria in general. And this cafeteria in general, the Los Angeles Unified School District, had reformulated the foods to be healthier. So it was actually very healthy for them to eat in the cafeteria. And we also found they ate fewer snacks. They didn't buy as many snacks like cookies and candies in the school store and they drank more tap water. And that we found right after the intervention. But then two years later, we looked to see, well, did this affect their weight or their body mass index, which is a value that combines height and weight and that's used to categorize kids as obese or not. And we found that actually the kids in the study who had started out as obese when they were in middle school, 
when they got to high school, they were less likely to be obese. They had lost weight. Oh, that's great. I guess you were comparing them to students who weren't in the program as kind of a baseline then. Yes. We tested snacks in five schools, and then we compared those students in those five schools to five other schools, also in the same school district, who didn't get the program. And this was only a five-week program that you did, right? Yes, that's correct. We're talking with Laura M. Bogart, a senior behavioral scientist at RAND, which is a nonprofit research organization. Laura, is it possible to extrapolate these results to students across the country, or is this really only valid within a certain school district? Well, we really tailored this intervention for this one school district. Although we did it with an eye for knowing that other school districts are looking for obesity prevention programs. And so it's something that probably could be used across the country. And in fact, we put all of the materials for the intervention online, snacksinschools.org. Snacks, spelled S-N-A-X. Sugary drinks, soft drinks, are considered a factor with obesity. What was the involvement with those in this study? That's a great question. I mean, it's thought that drinking sugar-sweetened beverages like soda, sports drinks, energy drinks, fruit-flavored drinks, all of those are big contributors to obesity. So we wanted to address that, and we had a whole unit in one of the five weeks just on beverages and drinking healthy, drinking water, and not drinking sugary drinks. One of the things we did in this unit is not only promoting water, which we did in the cafeteria, but we also asked students to go home and do an exercise with their parents and actually see what's in their fridge. And do they have healthy beverages in their fridge? Is everything unhealthy and sugary? And kind of make a list of everything they had in the house. And then their parents and them could talk with each other and think about, should we be adding different beverages to our house? This was a study of seventh graders Do you think this type of education and this process would work for kids who are younger? Absolutely. That's one thing the Los Angeles Unified School District really wanted with this program. They talked with us a lot about, hey, can we tailor this program for elementary school? In fact, they've taken some of our materials and some of the other things we put forth in this program and the lessons we learned and looked at it in elementary schools as well. It seems like with the results you've got, this could roll out across the country and be used just about everywhere. Yeah, we definitely see this as something that's very user-friendly that teachers could use if they go to the website online. Again, snacksinschools.org. All the materials are there with a manual that explains how to use it. And it really is something that you could roll out in your own school if you wanted to. If I'm a parent listening and, you know, maybe having something happen in their school district is kind of ambitious, what could a parent do to kind of help their child who is dealing with obesity? That's something that I think our study also speaks to, even if it was done in the schools, because we did have those parent take-home activities. And what's been shown in research, including this research, is that when there's available food in the home that's not healthy, if parents are keeping soda in the house, even if it's for themselves to drink and not their kids, it still promotes obesity in the home and promotes kids to be eating unhealthily. So I think it would be helpful that parents could think about not having unhealthy foods in their house, not keeping them, and not having them so accessible that kids can just take them whenever they want. Another lesson we learned from this is that it'd be good to talk with kids about what foods they like, what they don't like, and maybe figure out 
what are some good fruits and vegetables that they all agree on that they do find healthy and also something that they enjoy eating. There are ways to make foods more fun. For example, they could put lemon in the water. We found that kids liked that. We found that, as I mentioned before, kids really liked when fruit was cut up rather than whole. A lot more kids ate it, for example, if we had sliced apples than whole apples. So I think parents could do those things as well. It seems like with the older generation, when they were kids playing outside and a lot of outside activity was more common than it is today with all the video screen time and kids having to stay inside, perhaps for security reasons where they live. Do you have any thoughts on that, that we can encourage more physical activity? Yes, we did address that and also in one of our units and snacks. And we had kids take home an information sheet to their parents that had different exercises they could even do at home in front of the TV. And we told them how to do these exercises, even had videos about how to do them. So there are things to address parents' concerns around safety and being dark at night and not wanting their kids to go out and not having their kid just stay in front of the TV. Laura M. Bogart, co-principal investigator of this research study, SNACS, S-N-A-X. Laura is also senior behavioral scientist at RAND, a nonprofit research organization. Laura, give us that website again where people can learn a little more about this program. It's snacksinschools.org. And SNACS is S-N-A-X. Laura, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Next, women become engineers, then quit the profession. The surprising story, coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this.